I guarantee you I know our lead story is tomorrow. It's whatever Trump is going to say about the NFL and the anthem. Because I will bet you every dollar in Bob's wallet right now that this rally in West Virginia, that's all he talks about is the NFL anthem stuff. After the Cohen news today, I mean, it's his go-to. We will be talking about what he says about the NFL and the anthem tomorrow at 3.01. You're proud of our country. You're proud of our history. And unlike the NFL... You always honor and cherish our great American flag. It was just announced by ESPN that rather than defending our anthem, our beautiful, beautiful national anthem, and defending our flag, they've decided that they just won't broadcast when they play the national anthem. We don't like that. We don't like that. Okay, I wasn't entirely right. That's not all he talked about. He also talked about building the wall. He got his minions to start chanting, lock her up. Did he bring up draining the swamp again, or has he let that one go because he is now technically the swamp thing? I mean, if Pearl Jam plays that many hits at Fenway next weekend when I'm there for the concert, I'm going to be a happy camper. I am Tim Benz. I'm in for Mark Madden. This is 105.9 The X. We will talk about the president attacking ESPN and the NFL again over the anthem thing again later on in the show. But I do want to talk about actual on-the-field football stuff to begin the program today. The 2018 Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win the AFC Championship game in New England and go to the Super Bowl. Has a nice ring to it, right? Now you just have to actually believe that this is going to take place. And apparently Sports Illustrated does. At least Andy Benoit from Monday Morning Quarterback does. He's going to be our guest in about 15 minutes. And he wrote this for the magazine. Quote, In the AFC, the Patriots feel a touch weaker this year, so I'm giving them that conference to the Steelers. They can win a smash-mouth game or a high-flying spread passing game. They, too, have a defense in its prime. But Mike goes on to predict the Steelers will go 11-5 in the regular season, win the AFC North, they'll beat San Diego and the Pats the playoffs, and lose the Falcons in the Super Bowl by a final score of 27-24. Now that is optimistic from a Pittsburgh perspective. I'd settle for that alleged defense in its prime holding the Titans to under 40 on Saturday in the preseason home opener. Now, let's take a look at what Andy wrote a little bit more in depth before he comes on with us. Sort of prime the pump, if you will, for our conversation. I'm on board with the regular season prediction. It is odd to say that the Steelers are going to wind up better in the postseason after being worse in the regular season. Because that is what Andy is saying here. He's suggesting that they're going to go not one but two rounds further than what they did a year ago, but they're going to be two games worse in the regular season. That sounds weird, but I get it. With so many last possession wins in the regular season, the Steelers are due a bit of a correction after a 13-win regular season a year ago. And normally, to Andy's point, if he's basically saying that they're going to be the second-best team in the AFC, you don't need 13 wins to finish second in a conference. You need 11 or 12. 
You need 12 normally to lock up that second seed, 11 in a tiebreaker to get the second seed in the bye and the home field first round game, or second round game, I should say. So similar to Benoit, I actually have the Steelers winning the AFC North like he does. I've got them at 10-6. and six. They likely won't be good enough to grab the second seed and a bye in the AFC playoff tree in my scenario, as Benoit is predicting. But even though they may have to win a home game and a second-round road contest, I could see that happening for the Steelers as they advance the AFC Championship game. I could see that happening. Not my prediction. I'm more of a believer in Jacksonville than most. Many seem to think that they're a one-year fluke, and they're going to regress this year. Not me. I bet they end up being the second-best team in the AFC. If you put a gun to my head, I'd say that the Steelers will wind up in Jacksonville in the second round, and their season will lose there. Although, to Benoit's point, should the Steelers make it to New England for another AFC Championship game rematch between the clubs, I wouldn't be stunned. I wouldn't be shocked if we get a rerun of 2016, if the Steelers do put it together and get that far. But beating the Pats in the AFC title game? Yeah, that has stunned me. That's one of those I'll-only-believe-it-when-I-see-it kind of moments because I'm such a believer at this point that they won't and they can't. If the Falcons do make the Super Bowl out of the NFC, I would expect that the game between the two of them would be higher scoring if they met in the Super Bowl than that, though. A 27-24 score. And by the way, I do pick the Falcons to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. That part I think he's got right as well. That's my team as well to come out of the NFC, and I'm picking the Falcons to win the Super Bowl. But a final score of 27-24, if the Falcons and Steelers play each other in the Super Bowl, it'll be 27-24 before the last kneeling football player reaches a standing position at the end of the anthem. Try like 46-37 Falcons instead, and make that score over the Patriots, not the Steelers. 412-333-9939. I mean, feel free to disagree if you like, and we're going to take plenty of calls on this throughout the course of the show, but I just want you to explain to me why and how the Steelers will be better than the Patriots this year or Jacksonville this year, for that matter, as opposed to last year when they were a really good team, a 13-3 team, and three of their four losses came to those two clubs, and all three of the games were on Heinz Field turf. Why will this year be better for the Steelers finally breaking that hex against New England, getting over the hump where they couldn't do it before against Jacksonville? Why will it be different this year? We've been relying on the Patriots getting worse for 16 years, and it just hasn't ever happened. They didn't even get all that much worse when Matt Castle was the quarterback. They went 11-5. So the Patriots are not going to slip that much. They just aren't. You can say, well, Julian Edelman's out for four games. Well, so what? Two years ago, Tom Brady was out for four games. They won the Super Bowl anyway and went 3-1 and during that stretch. Brady is such a big honking can of deodorant for that team. It makes so many of their problems disappear. So this isn't going to be about the Patriots getting worse. It's going to have to be about the Steelers getting better. And I just don't know how or where the Steelers get all that much better to advance beyond Jacksonville, potentially on the road, advance beyond New England, potentially on the road, and get to the Super Bowl and play another, what would amount to what, a road Super Bowl game against Atlanta 
and hang with that offense to the tune of 24 points. With this defense, with Bell's attitude questions, that nutty locker room environment, and frankly, a team that's long overdue for some bad injury luck, I just don't see it coalescing to the point that Andy Benoit does from Sports Illustrated. We'll ask him why he thinks that way when we come back. Tim Benz in for Mark Madden. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up? Super genius, how are you? Terrific. Is porn stars practice? Nope, they never have sex unless it's on video. The X at 105.9. In for Mark Madden, I am Tim Benz. Thanks for finding us today on 105.9 The X. Open up the show talking about Andy Benoit's post in SI.com. He writes for them, Monday morning quarterback. Talking about, among other things, his Super Bowl and playoff predictions, it has the Falcons beating the Steelers in the Super Bowl, the Steelers advancing beyond the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game. He joins me right now to discuss, Andy, why have you made us all so optimistic? <laughs> well, hey, Tim. I, I, um, you know, predictions, you got to take them with a grain of salt, of course, anyway, because they really do amount to guesswork. So I view them more as projections or just how does the team look heading into this season? What should be the expectation? And I had Pittsburgh and the AFC coming out of it uh, to reflect that they've got the most complete offense, probably in the NFL, actually, if we're just looking at pure talent. I think it's a much faster defense than in years past, and a lot of guys are now just uh, just now ascending into their prime. And then I think the Patriots are a little bit weakened from where they were a year ago. We've seen that not be a big deal with them before, as long as number 12 and Belichick are together. Uh, But I thought for projecting it, let's make a projection that reflects some of these small adjustments over the offseason. When you talked about the defense, you used the phrase defense in its prime. You did see the game against Green Bay in the preseason, right? I, I, you know, I no, I did not. I, oh, I will not well, watch preseason because I, I don't out. want to analyze guys when they're not ready to play. Like, to, to me, preseason is an extension of practice. And as, as someone said to me once, you wouldn't want them analyzing your rough draft as a writer. So I try not to analyze their games this time of year. But once once September 1st comes, we'll see everything. Well, that's actually a fair response, especially when you look at some of my rough drafts, let alone some of the ones I actually post. But that being said, um, <laughs> they did really wind up really rough last year at the end of the postseason, and they haven't been right, it feels, since Ryan Shazier got hurt. Uh, I know that for the most part, you look at the Falcons and you think about their offense first primarily before you do their defense as well, but I have major concerns about the Steelers' defense moving forward. It doesn't look like they've put it together for the most part since training camp has started. Why do you have faith that that defense can float during the regular season? When Shazier went down, there was no doubt they missed him severely, and they put Matakovich in there. I think they went with L.J. Ford for a while on certain packages. Vince Williams had to play more in certain sub-packages than he had been. Everyone was out of position, a little bit uncomfortable. And they, you're right. They have not super closely addressed that spot uh, over the offseason, but I believe the Edmonds pick was getting him in the first round. I think they're going to become more of a three-safety defense there. And Pittsburgh, they did that a few years ago when they had some injuries at linebacker. They played with three safeties. Um, more teams are doing that, and they're going to replicate Shazier's speed that way. Now, you're not going to replicate what Shazier was because he was as good as any linebacker when he was at his best. Um, but I think they've made enough adjustments there. Plus, there's something different about 
replacing a guy over the offseason versus replacing him right in the middle of December when you didn't expect them to be out and other guys hadn't been practicing and you're at a different stage of the season. So I agree with you, Tim. That's a definite weakness. And, and that was a, I mean, it gave me pause. I thought maybe that's too big of a weakness at inside linebacker for them to overcome. But I think they've got enough strengths in other areas to hide that and move along okay. Andy Benoit with us from SI. Check him out. Monday morning quarterback has a post up that we mentioned yesterday, and I wrote about it today in the Trib as well, suggesting the Steelers will get through the Patriots in New England in the AFC Championship game and get to the Super Bowl against Atlanta. Let's focus on that specific part of it, Andy. Why this year? Why this edition of the Steelers? How will it get over and past New England in Foxborough where it hasn't been able to do ever against Tom Brady? Well, it was interesting when New England sliced them apart a couple of years ago in the AFC Championship. The Steelers came away. Keith Butler said to Mike Tomlin walking off the field, we need to be able to play more man coverage. We do too much zone, and against these spread formation teams, they get their receivers matched on your linebackers inside and zone, and you just get killed. So they went out and they got Joe Hayden, and they had the, the personnel to do more man coverage. And the only game they really employed it last year was against New England. They were mostly a zone defense the rest of the year um i think we're going to see the expansion of some of their i'm not saying they're, they're not going to be a man coverage team in pittsburgh that's they're they're still a zone defense but the expansion of some of their matchup principles having cornerbacks who can match up i think we're going to see that happen this season um i would i've heard steeler fans aren't big on Artie burns i see him differently i think he has gradually improved if you, on on film uh, he's got a ways to go still but I think within the context of what they need him to do in that scheme, he can be a solid number two. And I think Joe Hayden last year, quietly, when he was healthy, he, he looked like Joe Hayden from his heyday with the Browns. He, he wasn't challenged by a lot of top receivers. It's just the way the schedule played out. But he stepped on the NFL field four or five times last year and was not even thrown at in some games. Andy Benoit with us from SI. You seem to think, at least in your column that I read, Andy, that the Patriots will slip somewhat this year. Uh, From a Steeler fan point of view, I've been hearing that part of the explanation for what feels like 16 years now, and they never slip to the point that they're all that much worse. Why do you think that'll be the case this year? Well, and I I don't think it'll be a drastic slip at all. Um, They're not as talented offensively as they were last year. When you take Brandon Cooks out of the equation, what was so fascinating is last season they became a very vertical offense with Cooks and Chris Hogan there, and then Rob Gronkowski is a very good steam route runner. So they had three receivers that could stretch the field, and they designed their plays accordingly. So the 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 days of and Edelman was out, of course, last year, but the days of the Julian Edelman and Wes Welker types running these shallow crossing routes and the Patriots dinking and dunking you down the field like they did to the Steelers in that AFC Championship game in 2016. Those days were gone last year. And I liked that offense. I liked what they did. Tom Brady was great playing late into the down and throwing downfield with bodies around him. It was the most impressive season I've seen him have. But now they don't have Cooks. They do have Edelman back. They're going to, I think they're going to become more of that dink and dunk type of offense again. And I, I just don't see the same level of explosiveness with that. I think they're going to – not that they can't maintain offense anyway because it's still Tom Brady running the show, but that approach on offense mixed with a defense that's really not very good, quite frankly. A lot of times when you watch it, they're a bend but don't break defense, and it works for them a lot, but there are times where it doesn't work and they'll give up 35 or 40 points. 
I just I, I I don't think this Patriot team would be last year's Patriot team. Eddie, part of the reason I'm dubious of their chances of getting that far is not only do I have concerns about them ever beating the Patriots in Foxborough, I don't even know if they're better than the Jaguars, especially after what I saw last year. I'm still a believer that the Jaguars are good. I don't think they were a one-year fluke. Where do you fall on them, and how much of a roadblock could they be to Pittsburgh? Yeah, they're a fascinating team because their defense is borderline flawless. It's the fastest defense in the NFL, and they play a very simple scheme that accentuates that speed that they have. Um, they're the best cornerback tandem in the league, and they've got the best defensive line, arguably, in the league. So I, I am very bullish on the Jaguars defensively. What we don't know is about their offense, and obviously you get the Blake Bortles questions. I think that's to be respected. Blake Bortles is very up and down. We all see that. But the other part that people don't realize about Jacksonville's offense, because they have Leonard Fournette, they have a great defense, and they ran the ball more than every team except Minnesota last year. So we think, oh, they're, they're, they're a good smash-mouth offense. When you put on their film, they're really not. They do not move the line of scrimmage very well in the run game. That's why, that's why they went out and spent all that money on Andrew Norwell at left guard. So they've got an offensive line that needs to improve. And I think it needs to improve pretty drastically for them to sustain the kind of run-first, defensive-oriented approach that they won with last year. And maybe they can. I mean, for, I do like Fournette. Uh, I think they do an excellent job of building their passing game off their running game in Jacksonville, and that always helps a run-based offense. But we don't know these things for sure. So I'm a little bit up in the air on, on the Jaguars. I could see them going 8-8. Eight and eight. I wouldn't be shocked if they go 13-3. and three. They're a hard team to figure out. Andy Benoit with us from SI. Andy, one area where we do agree is that the Steelers probably will lose a game or two off of their regular season total. I've got them at 10 and 6. You've got them at 11 and 5 after going 13 and 3 last year. Boy, did they win a lot of walk-off games, last possession games. I think they're due a correction there, but you still see them improving when it comes to where they go in the postseason and at least holding on to that two seed in the AFC playoff bracket, though, huh? Well, when you get into this part of the prediction stuff. I mean, you venture pretty far into guesswork territory, but um, it gets into the, just the, and there's no right or wrong. It's just one person's opinion, the philosophy. If a team won a lot of games last year without playing particularly well, because there were a lot of times where you put on Pittsburgh's film offensively, they did not at all look like themselves and they still won the game. The game at Indianapolis is a great illustration where they were lethargic all game long. And then Antonio Brown makes some incredible plays in the final minutes and they wind up winning. It raises a question is, is that a sign of a team that's going to be better the next year? Because, hey, they maybe they'll start playing up to their talent. Or is that a sign of a team that got lucky last year and we're going to see them come back down to earth? And I don't know what the answer to that is. That's anybody's guess. Um, what I do know is they've got a veteran QB. They've got a pretty much flawless and very mobile offensive line. They have Le'Veon Bell, and they've got the league's best wide receiver, a lot of stuff to plan around and that's a lot of stuff you can do schematically because with that personnel and that kind of flexibility and Roethlisberger's football IQ which doesn't get talked about enough they can they can start out in one formation running one play and alter into a totally different formation and run a totally different play so they, they should be in command of the game every time they're out on the field on offense. Finally, Andy, I've got to take umbrage with your prediction of the final score in the Super Bowl of 27-24. to 24. You know and I know that that's going to be the score before the players are done being introduced before the game. 
<laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Pick, pick. You know, they, they make. They were almost the, the editors were going to make me do scores for the playoff games, like individual playoff games. I said, guys, these games don't even. These are. I mean, these don't <laughs> exist. These are just projected games. So if you make me do that, I'm going to pick a wild card game. It's going to be like fifty-two to four is going to be the score of that game. I'm going to embarrass the magazine. So you pick any score you want for the Super Bowl. I have no idea what the score of the game will be. I don't know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. But people do like to get that idea. And I, I had Atlanta 27-24, so I guess I'll bang the tables and say that's what I got. Oh, Andy, that's going to be like a 50-something to 40-something game, I think, if those two were to play each other. You think so? The, yeah. the one thing, you're not, are you not big on Atlanta's defense? I'm bigger on Atlanta's defense than I am Pittsburgh's. Yeah. Well, those teams have a lot of firepower, and they have a lot of offense, and we saw the last Super Bowl went that way with less prolific offenses. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can see a 50-40 to 40 type. It's kind of a repeat of that AFC divisional game with Jacksonville. Yeah, exactly. All right, Andy, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. It certainly made Steeler fans optimistic to read on a national level. We'll keep an eye on how things go from here, and thank you for joining us. All right, see you later. All right, that is Andy Benoit from SI. Check out his work. I've got it posted. I've got it cross-linked in my Trib Live story today. Uh, Andy Benoit from SI.com and Monday Morning Quarterback. Make sure you read what he wrote about Falcons and Steelers in the Super Bowl. The Steelers getting by the Patriots this year in the AFC playoffs. All right, I, I want to talk about this. I actually want to get some reaction to this. Do you buy that? If this is the year that the Steelers were to get by the Patriots, Why? Why in this year would it be the season where the Steelers could somehow get beyond New England? Because I haven't heard much of that at all. In fact, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more when we come back, but I haven't heard the rumbling like I heard at this time last year about why that you know 2017 was going to be different. I haven't heard that applied to 2018. But you tell me, are you more optimistic than previously that this could be the season where the Steelers finally get beyond the Patriots and get to the Super Bowl? Um, I'm not convinced that it could happen. In fact, I was more convinced last year than I am this year. What do you think? 412-333-9939. We'll get your responses to that when we come back. Tim Ben's in for Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. He don't do nothing but win. He just knows how to win. Super G, loud and proud. He is horrible. He is terrible. The X at 105.9. Starling Marte is back in center field for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's got me very excited. Not as excited as Dak Prescott, apparently. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go on Twitter and look up Therese Owens. And then tweet me back and tell me what you think. Tim Ben's in for Mark Madden here, courtesy of CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com. Thanks to Andy Benoit for joining us. Oh, by the way, speaking of baseball, Chris Adamski is going to come on a little bit later on as well from the Pittsburgh Trib. He's covering the Pirates for us today, and we'll get some response from Chris as to what, hopefully we will anyway, from Clint Hurdle as to why Starling Marte has been out of the lineup for the Pirates. We know why two days ago, but then he came in and pinch hit, and then yesterday he was removed from the lineup and then brought in later in the game last night and it was apparently about a doctor's visit to what degree or what kind of doctor or whatever the case was, we don't know. So let's find out from Chris when he joins us at 4.35. Previously, thanks to Andy Benoit for coming on to talk about his post that I wrote about in the Trib today from SI where he says the Steelers will finally beat the Patriots and move on to the Super Bowl. I don't know why this year would be different. I'm less bullish on the Steelers than I was at this time a year ago. 
in fact, let me let me say this. Uh, in my time up at training camp, and this is what I was mentioning before the commercial break, you know, if you went a year ago, every third question to every other Steeler was something to the effect of, hey, what'd you take away from the AFC Championship game and how are you going to beat the Patriots this year? And you had Le'Veon Bell tweeting about it. And you had Mike Tomlin talking about it. There's none of that this year. When I was at camp this year, every third question to every other Steeler was, are you over the Jacksonville game yet? It was obsession over how did the Jacksonville game happen as opposed to how are you going to beat the Patriots next time? The funny thing is, the answer for both questions was, uh, I don't know. So I don't know, and Andy didn't convince me, by the way, as to why people would have optimism that this year is going to be any different when it comes to the Steelers being inferior to the Patriots. You know, they came as close as they possibly could. A Jesse James moving football away from beating them at Heinz Field, but it was still at Heinz Field. It wasn't in New England, and it wasn't the playoffs. That was the regular season at Heinz Field. They've done that before. They've done that to Brady and the Patriots before. But on the road, in Foxborough, in the playoffs, different story. And I think this year's Steeler team is more flawed than last year's Steeler team as they try to go through that process. What do you think? 412-333-9939. Let's go to Kevin in South Carolina. Kevin, you're on 105.9 The X. Tim, real quick, what is the purpose of starting off your show with just bashing the president and his supporters? No, the purpose of starting off the show was to prove how right I was yesterday when I said he was going to do exactly what he did. That was the purpose of starting off the show the way that I did. He did that for a minute in in an hour speech. Yeah, and he also did the build the wall routine and his supporters did the locker up routine, which by the way is the height of just the height of irony on a day of all days to chant lock her up. That's know, just Tim, funny. Tim, you know what the height of irony is? That you bring up build the wall on a day that Molly Hibbets is murdered. Oh my God! Here we go! Unbelievable! That's, that's here we go! All right, so so let me get this straight. I can that's see where you're going. Where you're going with this is your your basic. Shut up! Shut up, or I'll cut you off. Your basic premise is that it's the it's the fault of the players that we're still talking about the anthem thing and not the president, right? Oh, he swore. Oh, I didn't hear him swear. Oh, I gotta hear. I gotta turn my headset up a little bit more then. Did he use a good one at least? Oh, a lot of Fs. Yo, my headset was way too far down there. I didn't even hear that. No, the the point of the show, and and I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it more in the 4 o'clock hour because an idiot like you, a Trumpy like you, can't see the forest through the trees. Somebody like you is so blind by your political allegiance that you don't understand that it's him that's perpetuating the discussion. You know, my hope is, my goal is, that at some point during the program, we can get to the actual root of the news. And the root of the news is what the TV networks are doing about this. That's the root of the discussion. It's not Colin Kaepernick. It's not the players started it. It's not what. It's not the build the wall thing. It's what the TV networks are doing. That's the big story. Because as I mentioned the last time I was on for Mark, That's the real story. It's not the 70,000 people in a stadium. It's the millions of people watching. And they've never had an anthem to debate in the first place because it's so rarely been a part of the broadcast. And now 
we're acting like this is supposed to be major news when you never even know it was missing. And now we're supposed to have a conniption over this when you never even knew it was here. It was gone in the first place. 412-333-9939. Kenny in Turtle Creek. You're on 105.9 The X. Hi, Tim. Um, you know, there's no logical reason as to why the Steelers are going to get over the hump. The only solace that I possibly take, and I make a connection to the Penguins and Capitals rivalry, you know, it never seemed like the Capitals were going to be able to overcome the Penguins. And, you know, somehow they did. With the Steelers and Patriots, I mean, I guess it's just an issue of blind faith, to be quite honest with you. I, I mean, if you look at it, like I said, if you look at it... No, that's a fair point. That's, a, that's actually, that's as good of an argument as you were going to get. That's as good of an argument as you were going to find about this. That if you are hoping that the Steelers are going to get beyond the Patriots, it's just a matter of enough times you're going to play each other and finally the roll of the dice is going to go your way. That eventually you're going to be around the bullseye just enough that you finally throw one and it hits the center of the dartboard. That's the only explanation that you can come up with, is that if it happens enough times, eventually the card is going to come up in your favor. You could say that about the Capitals. You're right. That the Capitals probably didn't have their best addition, addition of their team, and maybe the Penguins were just as good as they had been in recent seasons, but the Capitals finally broke through and this was their time. Maybe it'll be the Steelers' time, and it just happened enough. It happened on enough occasions that finally the Steelers were able to get through. 412-333-9939. You can also tweet me, at Tim Benz, PGH. When we come back, Hard Knocks proves yet again why is the best show on television and Todd Haley was directly involved. That's coming up next here on 105.9 The X.